Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles. Why can't I hear myself? What's going on here? Can't hear yourself? What happened? What happened? You here? could hear yourself before. I know, but I can't hear myself. No, I don't like that. <laughs> Turn up your volume a little bit. How's that? No. What the hell? You know what? We just did a Patreon thing. I could hear myself fine. You and you and equipment in this show. What the frig is go going on? <laughs> All right. Try another headset if you want. I don't know. Whatever. I'm done with it. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with Lou and Ron, right here on the Net New England Talks 102.9 FM HD2 for you that have those fancy <laughs> FM HD radials. That's right. And also, we are on someplace. Good morning, page or whatever. We're Ghost on TojiNet. We're on uh, yeah. Net New England Talks. We're on uh, Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition. Or what else? We were on. We were on some other one. We found out you last week. Oh yeah, we, we found one. We didn't know we were we didn't on. We didn't know we were on. Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell knows we were on? Oh, it was um, it was one of the major podcasts outlets. Yeah, it was it? a major podcast outlet. Like yeah. whatever. Yeah, we're all over the place. Yeah, like a bad penny. Was it was it Spotify? Was it? Apple podcast or something, just like we're just surprised to find out we're there. No, it's Vim, Vimeo, maybe Vimeo. I don't know. Yeah, Who knows? Yeah. I give it up, anyways. We're, we're there, all over the place. we're playing. So, anyway, um, before we just did a, a piece for our Patreon listeners, if you're not a Patreon listener of Ghost Chronicles Radio, mm -hmm. why not? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you help support us and, uh, you know, get some exclusive content. You do get some very exclusive, exclusive content. And uh, we just did a piece on that. We, you know, we're talking about my near-death experience and some other stuff. And uh, Lou said, uh, you know, basically it was all in my mind. I did not. <laughs> I did not. Sort of. I, I asked you how you... I, I asked you how you dealt with that particular theory. Yeah. But you know, the, the power of the mind mm. is extremely powerful. Of course. More powerful with thought. Do you ever hear of the, oh God, when am I going to think of this? I, I, mean, I can't remember. The, it, it's Imarca or Amarca. It's basically a bunch of glass bowls that are on a spindle thing. Mm -hmm. And it, and people wet their hands and they play oh, okay. music on it. Yep. Met by Ben Franklin. Oh, of course. So if you put Ben Franklin in the funk and wagnall, I think I could. Ben find seemed it. to have a lot of free time. He was uh, he was quite the guy. You know, he was a member of the Hellfire Club. It was the Hellfire Club. What? We'll have to get uh, what's his name on uh, Steve Parsons. Steve Parsons, because his relatives was. Oh, it's an English club or something. Uh, it was a secret tunnels and everything where they supposedly did stuff. And anyways, Ben Franklin was into everything, wasn't he? He was. He met the electricity. Well, so he's proved electricity, right? I type Ben Franklin bowls and get a blend Ben Franklin uh, uh, breakfast bowl. 
<laughs> they have a Ben Franklin breakfast bowl. Apparently, yeah. Uh, I love it. Our, our Monica, is that what we're looking at? By, by, yeah. Harmonica. Harmonica, yeah. No, no our Monica with no H. Thank you. Uh, bifocals, you were asking what he invented. Uh, swim fins. Swim things? Fins. Fins? Swim you know, fins? for swimming. Oh, really? Yeah. Franklin stove, of course. Uh, wouldn't you have loved to have a beer with Ben Franklin? I mean, wouldn't you have just the loved... urinary catheter? Okay, thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> the harmonica, which is what I was talking about. Yes. Okay. Anyway, I don't know where I was, but it was. Uh, so, anyways, he had saw a, a guy. You know, how does that conversation? How does the catheter conversation start? You know what we need. <laughs> the second guy, yeah. <laughs> no, it's the second guy, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Anyway, um, how the the marker happened is that he now in the new age they they play music on bowls. They play bowls that you know they that make different noises. Of those half full glasses of water, right? Will make will make different noises. And so he he saw a, a musician do that. So he went and he actually invented this. Harmonica, so it could oh. play stuff. Oh, wait a second. I thought this was just, oh, let me put this back up here. What are you putting uh, up? A, a picture of an harmonica. There it is. And I thought that this was, uh, originally we were looking at this photo and I thought it's just a carrying case for the harmonica, but this is the actual machine, right? They're, they're connected together. Yeah. See the bowls? Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So they spin and you put your finger you on wet, the correct you, you wet your hands. Yeah. You wet your hands and they have a little bowl. You go, and it makes kind of soothing music. Sure. So you've run your finger around a glass, me? right? <laughs> around the glass. Sure, I have. Yeah. Ah, coffee. God's gift to man. <laughs> Anyways, that's really kind of ingenious. So, yeah, but this there's more to this, and, and it actually has something to do with what we were talking about. And the power of the mind. Oh, the power of the mind. Okay. Okay. So there was a um, a doctor from Germany, I believe. Uh, Mesmer, I think it was his name. And he decided that, uh, well, to study, I guess, I guess he figured it out, that we have animal magnetism. Okay. That's what he called it. This yeah. force that runs through us. Yes. All right. And sometimes our animal magnetism can become unbalanced. Is he talking sexually? Or is he no, talking? I, I, that's the first thing I thought yeah. of. But no, no, it's, that's what he called it. Oh, he called this force that okay. ran to us. Yep. So he would play, he would get people to, to sit down and then he would play the harmonica and then he would run this stick over them and everything else and balance their um, animal magnetism after a while. He would run the stick over the people. Yeah, it was magical. He was like doing Reiki. Say what you will. Without the wand. It was a wand, but he, yeah. he, he would play this music and, and they would almost go into, you know, they would relax So because sure. this music is very soothing. Yeah. And Meditate. his first patient, his yeah. first patient was a famous composer, a woman, I believe. And uh, she was blind. Mm. And he, after several sessions, she could see again. Wow. Okay. Yep. And then he ended up with tons of patients who he healed. With his harmonica, right? Oh, yeah. So this this guy's good. So he packed up from Germany and headed to Paris, of course. Mm -hmm. And one of his patients was Marie Antoinette. With the harmonica? 
with the harmonica. Yeah. Ben Franklin giving Marie Antoinette an harmonica treatment. It just it's, no comment. I love Ben Franklin. It wasn't Ben Franklin. Oh, it wasn't. It, it was Mesmer. Oh, Mesmer. Okay, yeah, yeah, don't don't mess okay, this I'm up. Sorry. Yeah. Stay on track. All right. I'm sorry. Stay on track. I'm on track. Stay on track. <laughs> Mesmer, who took the harmonica and started doing treatments with it. Yeah, yeah. he was the one that uses as he was a doctor. Yeah. So he was the one that treated people, and then he moved his practice to Paris, and Marie Antoinette was his first. Um, one of his high-profile patients, and sure. mostly the elite would go to him. Mm -hmm. Well, some of the doctors got their panties in a bunch. I would imagine because you know yep. they thought it was quackery. Yes. So it's a word we don't use often enough. Marie Antoinette's uh, husband, who is uh, Prince King of France, King, King of France, <laughs> King, yeah, started a royal commission. Mm -hmm. to see if the, oh, this was true or not. Because that always works. And who do they get on the Royal Commission? <laughs> ben Franklin! <laughs> the inventor of the harmonica. Is it by coincidence that mesmerizing, the definition of mesmerizing? Well, oh, don't oh, kill okay. my I'm story! Sorry. Right. Oh, I just ran across it. I'm sorry. Damn! <laughs> sorry. So anyways, they, they had this commission, and Ben Franklin is one of the, the, the first patients that were part of this commission yeah and he had gout he had gout really bad and so yes. after the treatment uh several treatments nothing happened so he called him a quack and everything else and then he was basically driven out of france so then the doctors uh the psychologist freud and the bunch picked up on it mm -hmm. and realized that well try to explain you know so once again we got to try to explain everything how he healed all these people don't say that like it's a bad thing so <laughs> so so they they try to explain how he healed all these people and they came up with the idea that it was psychosomatic in other words they used the power of the the harmonica to mesmerize people right. where that word comes from um yeah they named them after so the doctor. it came from mesmer yes yeah, they named them after the doctor so there you go and they, they've been credited apparently with the uh, inventing hypnotism yes that's what it was basically yeah have you ever gotten into hit hypnotism? Hell no. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? Because <laughs> uh, I'm a control freak. Oh. Which is why I don't do drugs and I don't drink heavily and no, anything else. I, I want to yeah. be in control of all time. I agree. Like And like you said before the show, we're the same person. Yeah. We have the same. There's no way. I never wanted I'm to be hypnotized. Be in control. Yes. I never wanted to be hypnotized, hypnotized, but I wanted to learn how to do it. Oh, that's I fine. wanted to learn. I'm good with that. <laughs> I wanted to learn about hypnotism, but I was... Well, I've been. It's well, been it comes. It's been attempted on me twice, and I'm not By sure. A professional it, or a, yes, or yes. Once at another. Oh, one that played one on TV. Once at another radio station. Uh huh. And he tried to hypnotize me before his appearance on the show, and couldn't do it. And he took my partner and hypnotized him, and that was funny as hell. <laughs> he hypnotized my oh the, Ray Audrey, the guy who works with the. With Jeff Belandra. Oh, yeah. 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 We were doing a show together, and uh, he got hypnotized. We got to get Ray on the show. Yeah, Ray would be great. All right. I will, I will contact I him. I love Ray. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um, I keep saying that, but I forgot. Yeah. Um, he was hypnotized to think that everyone in the room had enormous B.O. Oh. And he's trying to do the shift. I was going to say enormous boobs. No, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, he's trying to do the interview, and you can see him just reacting to everything that's going on in the room. It's funny. Oh. But I couldn't be hypnotized that time, and then I went to a professional to be hypnotized and I can't say I was a hundred percent under, 
But I remember certain things like uh, at a certain point in the session, he's telling me to do something with my hand and I'm doing it not unexplainedly, but I'm not, I'm not complying, like consciously complying, but I'm doing it, you know? So there was a little bit of that going on, but I would love to learn hypnotism. I my love my problem is I can't quiet my brain. Yeah. If people think they can, and I've had people that try to do that, even meditation. That was how the guy who couldn't hypnotize even me. Even prayer. Yeah. I still have problems yep. quieting my brain. That was so. how the guy who tried to hypnotize me described it. Is you know, you, you're not, you can't, you're not focusing in on this. You can't focus mm -hmm. in on this. Yeah. Oh, interesting point. We we're going back to what we we're talking about consciousness and so forth uh, earlier in Patreon thing, right? Yep. Oh, at church, uh, I heard yesterday, which was kind of interesting, is that the Holy Spirit, the, mm -hmm. the Catholic definition of the Holy Spirit, is basically um, uh, like. Like, oh, you know how you do Reiki? Well, I don't know if you do how to do Reiki, but how you, you pull it in. So base. basically, it's just the, the same thing is it, you're connecting. It's a use to connect to us. God's used to connect to us. Yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know. Which makes sense. Yeah. The last couple of times, it's been an interesting church. They also try to explain. They explain God, which was kind of cool. And the God doesn't. The is, church explained God. Yeah, it was okay. it was cool. Uh, they do some neat stuff uh, at mass. <laughs> they get some cool sermons sometimes. But anyways, they, they were ex explaining that God is never in the present, the past, or the future. God is, and they explained that is really, his present tense, Ron. Well, whatever. Yeah. God. All right. So yeah. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Is is yeah. No matter where you are, I right. guess yeah. it's still. The present, I guess, if that was the way. Well, anyways, what they explained, anyways, was through quantum physics, once again. How so? Well, you think of it as uh, Ro Roginger's cat there. Shirting his cat. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's... it's it, it at times exists and doesn't exist. It's alive and not alive at the same time. Yeah, well, it's not that God is alive and not alive, but yeah, I know, but yeah, yeah. he's here, there and everywhere. It's duality. It's the, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, we already know that, that, that we can have. Okay. So I've done this. We always have future and in, in, in past particles that, uh, yep. that are actually in quantum physics that you can show and whatever. I, I don't want to get in deep into quantum because I, I just wanted to mention that because I was, we were talking about the other, I don't, I don't want to get off into the subject. Okay. So, so <laughs> I'm going. You're going? I'm going. All right. I'll, yeah. I'll let it go. All right. Yep. Yeah. I just wanted to explain that the church had been showing different aspects that I had never seen before. And then my thing was to trying to talk about the connection. Mm -hmm. But anyways, I didn't want to address some of the things that we talked about last week because that's a lot of things we don't do is, you know, one of the things I've on, been yeah. accused of yeah. is we say you're going to bring stuff up and you don't bring things up. And so we wanted to do that. And we've been fairly regularly about doing that lately. Uh, we did that with the uh, goat testicles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we went back for a second helping on that one. Oh, that's not a good way of putting that. <laughs> there are recipes for that, too. Yeah. Oh, God bless us. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, they, they call Rocky Mountain oysters, right? Yes. Bulls. That's bulls, right? Oh, yeah, bulls. Why are we going I'm there? guessing, have you ever? No. Okay. No, would I? Thank you. <laughs> oh, Please it's okay. It's okay. Move on. So, last week, you had chicken asked, McNuggets, right? 
Oh, shut, shut up. Just kidding. <laughs> Keep your freaking chicken nuggets. Yeah. Anyway, where was I? I was looking at something here. Got to pull up my page. What we did last week that we said we we're going to yeah, continue with. I'm but... getting it. I have to. I have it on my computer and I get stupid screens open as usual. My buddy and Bruce yeah. contributed Hydro Crystal Phone. Apparently, that's another name for the. Really? For the Hydro Crystal Phone. Excuse me? Hydro Crystal Phone. Say that three times fast. I just did, basically. <laughs> so I'm looking for this stupid one that's supposed to be here and. It ain't there. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was the whole, the whole kick into the show. Wait a minute. All right. Let me go back. Oh, this is so <laughs> funny. So do you remember last week um, you asked me, we were talking about something, I'm sure. <laughs> Goat testicles. No, we weren't. Not okay. last week, wasn't right. it? I don't know. Oh, Ron, there's like a dozen shows in between. I know. This and the last show. Okay, here we talk is. about a lot of things. USS Cyclops. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. You asked me about it. Yes. And you had never heard of it. Right. So the USS Cyclops is one of those ships that uh, mysteriously disappeared during the uh, Bermuda Triangle into the Bermuda Triangle. Mm -hmm. And it's the biggest ship. Uh, it was the biggest ship in the US Navy, and it disappeared without a trace. More than 100 years later, its fate remains unknown. Okay, so this is early 1900s. I'm going to find out. It's an oh, iron, get it's, up the freaking pop-ups. It's an ironclad. No, it is not. No, it's not. It's a wooden ship. 1918. Wooden so ship. Way past ironclad. I mean, way past wooden ships. Well, no, they had wooden ships, but it yeah. isn't. Um, so how could the biggest U.S. Navy ship mm -hmm. vanish without a trace? This is the question many people's minds in March 1918, when the enormous collier, USS Cyclops, disappeared on a voyage from the West Indies to Baltimore. Hmm. So, never, no trace, no wreckage, no nothing. Wow. The uh, Cyclops was nearly 550 feet long with a crew of 306 people and 11,000 tons of magnesium aboard. It had been uh, sailing successfully since 1910, so it wasn't their first trip around the block, traveling between the Baltic, the Caribbean, and Mexico, assisting the moving of coal around the world and helping refugees. But in 1917, when America entered World War I, the Cyclops became a key naval asset, transporting troops, coal, and fuel all over the world. In March 1918, the ship was given a new cargo, tons and tons of magnesium ore used in steelmaking. It left Brazil loaded uh, to the loaded up with the brittle metal. Mm -hmm. Then the uh, voyage to Barbosas, where I've been, and uh, for resupply and for the long journey to Baltimore. The last known message uh, from the Cyclops was, "Fear weather, all is well." Oh wow! But on the ninth day, on the nine day, nine day, son of a hate when they do that. Uh, nine day journey, something would arrive. No one ever heard from the ship again, and it vanished without even an SOS. Hmm. That's the key without an SOS, right? So it had to be a very sudden whatever happened had to be a sudden thing, quick, yeah, yeah. So, so that was the Cyclops. So, the Bermuda Triangle claims a lot of stuff, right? Yep, and things, but um, I wanted to talk about some of the other uh cool ones we don't know about 
All right, having a, a, a massive search effort ensued after it vanished from Matve team at the 540-foot-long coal hauler ship known as a collier, and its 309 crew would presume lost at sea. So they can't, they've never found this thing even nope, since? not even the wreckage. Think about that. Yeah. It's not like it's a little baby ship. Right, and we have much more capability now, to, yeah. and the wreckage would still be there, right? Exactly. They may find it. Who knows? Yeah. So probably the most famous of the ghost ships is the Mary Celeste. Yep, I've heard of it. Yeah. I don't know the story, but I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. after passing uh, St. Maria Island in the Azores on November 25th, 1872, the last entry of the ship's uh, slate, the uh, Celeste, a merchant brigantine, became uh, derelict of unknown circumstances. No boats were on board when she was found on December 4th, 1872 when between portugal's and the azores the ship was devoid of all crew but largely intact under sail and heading for the straits of gibraltar the light bulb was missing though but the ship uh, was still in good condition and had plenty of food and provisions in the hull. the crew simply disappeared so the ship is okay yeah it's not damaged yeah there's plenty of provisions yeah and the, all the ships are gone and the crew just abandoned ship for some reason. Yeah, everything, they found everything just there. Yeah. Otherwise, like, they just disappeared. Like, they were doing stuff and then oh, so disappeared. Oh, so did you say, were there lifeboats and are they there? No, the light bulb was missing. Oh, okay. You know, I guess they only had one light bulb, but it was missing. Oh, wow. So everybody got into the lifeboat and took off. Yeah. They never found the lifeboat, too, by the way. Well, yeah, that doesn't surprise me, but yeah. But anyway, that's an, an interesting one. Those ones, the uh, the abandoned ships type of thing, those always fascinate me. What circumstances gets a crew to just get off the ship in the middle of the ocean? They had an inquiry into it, of course, and because they brought, uh, they thought the uh, it was captured some as uh, what do you call it? Just didn't think of the word of salvage. Okay, yeah. and. Uh, because no crew aboard, it becomes salvage as long as there's somebody aboard, which is why the captain always goes down with the ship, they say, because yeah. they don't want to give up salvage to the ship. Oh, really? Yeah. The captain is supposed to go down to maintain the claim on the ship? To the last <laughs> possible minute. Wow. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Yep. So let's look at some of the other ones. The MV Joyita. Uh, it was a uh, merchant vessel that left Samoa Apia Harbor on October 3rd, 1955, bound for the Toklo Islands. Five weeks later, the ship was found with all 25 passengers missing. Hmm. The ship's radio was broken, but it was uh, attempting to... Uh, it doesn't say anything. just said it was broken. Yeah. Uh, all of the life rafts were missing again, as well as the captain's log. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. And so anyways, that disappeared with 25 people aboard. Wow. They could not find out. Uh, uh, nobody turned up. None of the crew turned up. None of the people turned up. No one. Now we're talking about islands. We're not, you know, it's not like you can hide somewhere. Oh, is that the dude? That's the ship, captain of the ship, yeah. Yeah. Looks like Bing Crosby's name. Kind of. Kind of Bing Crosby thing going Oh, there on. it is. Yeah. See, yeah. It's, so 
You know, that's the thing that kills me. You know, like, okay, you can see, oh, they banned the ship. They went somewhere. But where the hell are they going to go? And if they showed up, they certainly would recognize them, right? Right. <laughs> Interesting. The other part about it, too, I don't know. Maybe some of these people were faking their own death or something. Yeah, we, we, you got to take fake. Everybody's got to fake the death. Everyone's got to be on board, right? Yeah, 25 people. Right. I mean, 25 passengers plus the crew. The uh, Roya Unmaru was a Japanese fishing boat that was uh, a washing that was washed away from its mooring in, oh God, why do I get these? Amamari Prefecture <laughs> by the 2011 uh, earthquake in uh, Tsami. Japanese official first delivered the ship had been destroyed, but eventually it floated to American waters near Alaska. The U.S. Coast Guard decided to sink the boat to avoid uh, navigation errors. Oh, okay, so there's no mystery there, right? Yep. Get blown away. Well, that was kind of dumb. Imagine <laughs> losing a ship of that size. Yeah. How about the uh, HMS Resolve? Oh. Resolve. No, Resolve, right? No. Yeah. How do you say it? R-E-S-O-L-U-T-E. -E. Resolute. Resolute. There you go. Uh, was a ship in the British Royal Navy that was abandoned in 1854 after being trapped in the ice in uh, Melville Sound, Canada. The ship uh, was on an expedition to discover the fate of uh, John Franklin, a British explorer who had been lost in the Arctic. After being abandoned, the ship uh, drifted for 1,200 miles and was found one year later off the Baffin Islands in Canada. Uh... Yeah, so what, these are ghost ones. These are just hmm. resolute. If you've watched, um, yeah, National Treasure, hmm. the timbers were taken from that ship, and two identical desks were made. One of which resides in the White House. It's the president. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's the president's desk. Yeah, and one it resides in Buckingham Palace. Oh, uh, SV Bell America. The SV Bell America was a classic schooner uh, that was found derelict near. Punta Volpe, Sardinia, Italy, in 2006. The Coast Guard crew uh, discovered the ship. They found half-eaten Egyptian meals, French maps of North African seas, mm -hmm. the flag of Luxembourg. <laughs> wow. It was briefly to be uh, a mysterious antique vessel, but when the owner of the ship found it, a man from Luxembourg claimed... Uh, it was a modern ship, and it was abandoned by its owner who couldn't pay the taxes. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, what's this half-eaten meals? It's last meal before they get off the ship. And Luxembourg flag and French maps. <laughs> Doesn't smell like a... Somebody else jumped on the ship and yeah, went, went on a he, tour. I think he just wanted his freaking ship back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is much better. Uh, the Carol Deering. Carol Deering was... Get the hell out with these pop-ups. <laughs> How do you get rid of them? Oh, no wait. Oh, shit. It's loaded. <laughs> oh, wait. Shoo. Shoo. There you go. The Carol Deering was a five-masted cargo schooner. was last spotted when its crew, uh, with its crew when passing through Cape Lookout Lightship in North Carolina on January 28, 1921. While it was traveling to Rio de Janeiro, back to uh, Norfolk, Virginia, delivering a cargo of coal, 
She was found abandoned three days later off the North Carolina coast. The ship's lifeboats and logs book was missing, and the disappearance has been hypothesized that it might have been caused by weather condition, pirates, and even communists. <laughs> well, still, there was no conclusion to what happened. You can't go with a missing ship. You can't go too far wrong with pirates or weather conditions, right? No communists. <laughs> I don't want to get into communists, but yeah. <laughs> but you know what kills me? If if they they take the captain's log and and everybody goes, and they just disappear, the whole crew and everything else. I wonder if that ship procedure. If the yeah, I would think if you abandon a ship, you would take the log. Yes, the log. I would, that yeah. would absolutely make sense to me. Yep. But why don't these people show up again? It's not like this was in the middle of the ocean. It was right off the coast of North Carolina. Well, you know, they ran into some North Carolinians and <laughs> never made it or something. Moon I curses? Know. I don't know. Who knows. Moon curses? Yeah, sure. You know who moon curses are, right? No. Moon curses. Uh, uh, in fact, we were talking about this on the international show, uh, Steve. They have a different name in, in the UK. But uh, they would put lights by the, the beach to drive ships into oh, yeah, reefs yeah. and stuff and then kill the crew and, and, and uh, plunder them. There's a story of one on Plum Island. I forget. Yeah. The, the person has a specific name or something that, yeah. that's trying to draw ships to their death. Yeah. But actual people were trying to do that. Yes. Right? That's yeah. why they would call moon curses. Yeah. And, uh, and the reason they were called moon curses is because when it was a full moon that the ships could see what they were doing. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So they were called moon curses. Yeah. Who knows? Plus, a lot can go wrong in between a shipwreck and, and the shore, even if you're close. Yeah, it's true. Fair enough. Yeah. Like, again, no bodies, no nothing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know. Well, fish food. A lot of fish food. I mean, you're talking about the whole crew and everything <laughs> else. So, yeah. Anyways, the SV CAS 2. Now I remember this one. This is an interesting story. The uh, CAS 2 was a 12 meter catamaran, was sailing. Uh, in Australia with a three-man crew in 2007. She was found drifting 88 miles off the coast of Australia five days later. The boat was in good, perfect condition. Is it good, perfect? Or, I don't know. Uh, good, perfect. That's a stupid way of putting that. Condition, except for one sail which had been shredded. Investigators never found any of the three-man crew. But hypothesized that they may have ended up in the ocean while trying to untangle fishing lines yeah. caught in the boat's rudder in choppy waters. And the boat may have been unable to, then they might have been unable to get on the boat, all three of them. That makes, doesn't that make perfect sense? No. No? No. I mean, all three of them. It doesn't make sense that all three of them would go in the water. Exactly. Unless they had to, but you could see a scenario where there you were know. no life preservers gone or anything. Yeah. No, they were. So if somebody fell in the water, they would throw a life preserver. No, they went in to fix something. And then the ship. No, 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 no. They oh. didn't go in the water. Oh, the theory is that they were hanging. Well, you can see a picture of it. If you look in the, the bow of it, you can see where the. So they got hit by a crack and then they all fell off the bow and. Hit by a kraken, yeah. <laughs> kraken came up and the, hit him. The theory I saw that one of them would they would one of them was fixed trying to fix the rudder and the other one was up. So you, the one trying to fix the rudder was down towards the water. Okay, sure. a big wave came, knocked him in in the water. Right. The other guy tried to help with the rope and got pulled in, and then 
And then the boom came around from the sail, swung around and hit the other guy and knocked him overboard. Okay. I, admittedly, it's a long shot, but you could see it happening. What no, kind of, or it could be aliens. Depending. No, aliens are a little, well, a little well, longer well, shot, isn't well, it? I don't know. You got three people on a boat in roiling seas, for example. No, well, what we don't know is roiling seas. It was calm seas according to the, the navigation. Yeah, the ship was in perfect, good, perfect condition. Yeah. Whatever the hell that is. So something would have to have knocked That's all everything. three of them into the water. Yeah, all three of them. Okay, let me put it this way. And, and they were seasoned sailor. The captain was a seasoned sailor. Let sure. me put it this way. Let's yes. go to Occam's Razor. Yes. Occam's Razor says the simplest explanation is probably the true one, all, all things being And equal. Sherlock Holmes says when all you rule out everything else, then the most reason yeah. is no matter how impossible it is, so is correct. we were just talking about this before the show. Yes. The human condition. All three of them are idiots and found a way to end up all in right, the water. There you go. So they're all Democrats. I understand. That's, that's <laughs> the simplest explanation. Just kidding, my Democratic friends. You know I love you. Just kidding, as far as you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I voted for JFK. <laughs> yes. No, and I, I vote. For, and I vote. And I vote for. Uh, oh, what the hell's his name? I vote for him every year that he runs. Um, the guy that runs the lottery. Uh, the guy that runs the lottery. Oh, what the hell's his name? Uh, I voted for Clinton twice. I got to admit that. I do not know what I. That's a dirty word in our house. <laughs> uh, no, I, I vote for uh, what the hell is his name? The guy that the lost uh, money file and all that stuff. I don't. I don't know. But so these guys, these were bunch, uh, three idiots and something happened and they all fell in the water. Okay, fine. And it's the simplest explanation, right? Somehow they were all standing by the same rail. Or the maybe they time. all just jumped in. Maybe, they went swimming. Maybe they just went swimming. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And got eaten by a giant shark. And the ship floated off. Floated off. There you go. Yep. So simple explanation. Which yeah. one was it? I mean, we've seen people. So which one was it? We've seen people who. Well, which one was it? They were swimming the away. The car rolls away. Why wouldn't it happen with a boat? Oh, God. We've seen that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I kind of like the boon thing, too. It's catamaran, right? So three of them were standing by the rail at the same time, and the boon swung and knocked them all in the water. Change in the winds, a microburst. All three of them. I know. Let's go back to the just idiots. Or Kraken, if you like Kraken. I like the Kraken. I like the aliens. The aliens not bad. Kraken, by the way, can bring their little tentacles up and just pick them right off the boat. Really? Right? That's true. You've seen Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Yeah. Just reach right over and pick them right off the boat. Ooh, this is a good one. The SS. Arang medium, marindum. The SS, I keep, why do I get these words? O U R A N G, Aurang medium, M E D A M, was a ghost ship found 400 nautical miles southeast of the Marshall Islands in 1948. I love when, an when an American ship found the boat, it was littered with the bodies of the crew, but it was caught fired shortly. And sank with all aboard. Code to reports, the uh, vessel was sailing uh, from a small Chinese port to Costa Rica, deliberately trying to avoid <laughs> uh, the the uh, tariffs, some, yeah, pirates. Yeah, somebody Chinese. I don't know. Authorities. Uh, the reports state 
that its sole German survivor uh, of the vessel was killed by improperly st st what? stored sulfur acid. So everybody got killed by sulfur acid. Yeah, what a way to go. Yeah, according to that. What a way to go. Mm -hmm. That's a bad day at work. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so one here that I did not want to tell. Do you, oh, do you do you want to hear um, a, a really cool one? Is yeah. the only people in the United States to be killed by a nuclear reactor? Oh, yeah. Tell me. We talk about accidents. That's how I, I switched over to this. Once yep. again, I saw a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the Army had one of the first nuclear reactors generating electricity. And it had a three-man... It was an experimental. Hmm. So they had three-man, um, what do you call it, uh, team operating. Yep. Right. So nuclear, do you know anything about nuclear reactors? From our boy last week, the, Just, the Boy Scout, they, they built one in the shed. That's right, shed. built one in the shed, right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I know a general concept. One of but... the things we talked about, control rods, Yeah. right? So basically, a nuclear reactor is uh, the ions, uh, electrons in the water. If there's nothing to stop them, then they just keep splitting and, and producing heat, which you know drives makes steam, drives a turbine, produces electricity. That's the theory, right. the simple theory of it. And then you control the the nuclear reaction so that it's like not too much steam produced and everything else, right. and uh, by putting control rods in that slow down or stop right see it's like a the, throttle yeah basically yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's their job to to do that control it or start her up so um the nuclear reactor they um i forget i, I wish i remember where this was but it's in the midwest like kansas or someplace mm -hmm. the fire station everything was connected to the nuclear reactor and an alarm went off so they sent the team out there and they went into the nuclear room and they found all the guys dead in the nuclear reactor. Yeah. Some radiation, I'm assuming. Yeah, radiation. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it should have never happened because it was a very simple reactor. You, you just think that. So it's always been a mystery. Uh, it was a, an accident. I'm sure. Yeah. Right? So they said, uh, but uh, it was a tool um, a Vermont newspaper dug into deeper. He discovered that one of the guys in the team's uh, wife was sleeping with his commanders, with his commander. Oh, supposedly. Oh, why they found out uh, it it exploded as as it did, is that the rods are only pulled up nine inches, and they found out the one that was pulled up twenty four inches, almost two feet. Yep, which is not good. Not good. Yeah. So because the control rods slow the reaction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So and the so more in the more in pull there, it out, yeah. build up, boom. See you later. Yeah. Okay. Sayonara, as they say. <laughs> So the theory from this from our newspaper is that the 
that was their first day that this guy was his commander uh, was he was assigned to work under him mm-hmm. so their theory is that he committed suicide so he pulled the rod out 24 inches to cause the explosion to kill the commander and himself so it was a murder suicide murder suicide and the poor other guy was just there just there <laughs> So that's their theory. The other one, the the army theory is that seems a little complex, doesn't it? Yeah, Just take a gun and off the guy. And, yeah, and, then you're and the, the army theory is that uh, um, the number, the middle rod used to stick a little bit, so the guy might have pulled it too hard, and he pulled it out too far, and it blew up. So that was the oh, it would happen that quickly. That's what the army theory was. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Interesting side note on. Whatever the hell we were talking about. Life lesson here, Ron. It's always a woman. Oh, God. They're always the result of it's everything. always a woman. Everything that we do. Mm-hmm. The base reason for everything is a woman. I, you know, I, I just don't understand sometimes. <laughs> Why? What's that? Why? What, what don't you understand? Women. Oh, well, yeah. As, as hot as I try, as much as I love them. Yep. They cause me to drink. <laughs> I'm less concerned about understanding women than understanding our reaction to them. Because I mean, this guy pulled a rod out of a nuclear reactor and blew it up. Theory. In theory, over a woman. But the, it seems plausible, doesn't it? Would it shock you at all? There's lots of plausible. The other one sounded plausible too, right? Yeah, that, that's that a problem. Just, we make it stuck th- a little bit. Yeah, and he pulled too and the hard. Guy pulled too hard. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, I've done that, right? Haven't you trying to stand? You pull it, and all of a sudden, oh, boom! You go flying ass back. I've never done it with a nuclear reactor, but yeah, no, I, guess I, 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 I take agree your with point. you there. Yeah. I, you know, I totally agree with you <laughs> uh, on that point of view. But, uh, but uh, it's 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 intriguing anyway. Uh, but anyway. That's the, the cool thing. You, you anyway. Mysteries. That's the cool thing about mysteries. We're never gonna know. I know. We are never gonna know. That's why I love them. I think. Yep. That's why I love ghost ships. Ghost ships are so weird. When the the ship just the crew just gets off the ship for no apparent reason. The catamaran guys. You know, we're sitting here trying to figure out how all three of them got off the boat. When, by the way, that's the last thing you do, especially when you have a perfectly good boat. That's right. So I'll give you another one while we're at it. Mm-hmm. Did we we do the Yang Sing? I don't think so. Uh, so anyways, uh, in 2006, the Australian thing, Australian Coast Watches found a ship floating in the sea. It had a broken tow rope, so, so being lost while dragged around the water would explain why it was empty. Hmm. Oh, forgot it. Can't wait the pop-ups. <laughs> why does everything pop up here? You gotta get a pop-up blocker. I thought I had one. This thing just keeps on killing me. Um, I'll get the brave uh, browser. But that was about all of investigators could go on. The name of the ship, the Zhang saying was printed on its side but there was nothing to identify the ship investigators found no records no distress singles no identity documents or belongings no uh ar reports uh no missing boats they couldn't even figure out who it belonged to or where it came from 
How did how does that happen? I don't know. I mean, it had a name on the side of the boat. It had a name on the side of the boat. Although I'm guessing if it's passed around internationally that uh, no one's paying attention to ownership trend, you know, ownership transcripts or anything like that. Yep. It just disappeared. Hmm. Wouldn't you find a boat? That'd be fun, huh? Finding a boat, yes. Uh -huh. Find his keepers? Yeah, I think so. Right. Although but you'd have to go sage that boat, wouldn't you? If you just found a boat? You'd have to go clean it out or something. Yeah. Uh, the fishing boat, high aim number six. <laughs> high aim number six? Left T1 on Halloween 2002. But trick-or-treaters wouldn't be the only ghosts when the Australian Navy came across the ship in 2003. So that was uh, a year later, right? Mm -hmm. Well, several months later because of January versus October. The engine was on full throttle and the main gas tank was empty. But the auxiliary fuel tanks were still full and untouched. Ten tons of Bonito tuner were kept cold, but nobody, no crew could be found. <laughs> it was the one of the it, it was said to be one of the most mysterious ghost ships of all time until one of the crew members was found. Oh. And ended and ended, oh boy, an Indo Indonesian fisherman was arrested and confessed that the crew had worked with pirates to kill the ship's captain and the main engineer. But uh, the, their reasoning is still a mystery. So you, if they killed the pirate, they killed the, uh, the captain and the navigator. Yeah. What for? <laughs> what, did they put a hit out on the captain and the navigator? <laughs> it, it sounds like, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, you'd think the pirates would take the tuna or take the yeah, take the boat or something. Exactly. Yeah. Bizarre. <laughs> some, see, that's what I mean. You have some of these things that even the explanation, you, you sit and you're saying, it doesn't make sense, does it? No. Just get off the boat, yeah. you know? I have no clue. Yep. Anyway. Uh, Had to do with a woman, I'm sure of it. <laughs> I'm sure it did. Nina. <laughs> The Nina yacht. The Nina yacht's crew uh, reached out to meteorologists with concerns about dangerous weather conditions in 2013 and uh, stopped responding. Given the 70 mile an hour winds, woo, and 26 foot oh, winds, oh. it was obvious the boat had been uh, mismatched and never made it through the storm. A fruitless search uh, effort might have been the end of it if it weren't for a mysterious message. Oh. Three weeks after anyone had not heard uh, from the crew, an undelivered text reached one of the meteorologists. Thanks. Storm sails shredded last night. Now bear poles, it read, noting that the boat was still on the move. The family of a 19-year-old girl on the boat uh, took the message as a sign that he that she was still alive. Mm -hmm. uh, private search and satellite photos. That's one thing we have is satellites. Uh, reveal nothing. Hmm. 
from the New York Daily News, this is 2013, satellite images of an oblong object floating in the Pacific, perhaps a ghost ship, a feeling hopes that they are of the, an American sailboat lost at sea since June. Uh, the family of the seven crew, the family of seven crew members who were sailing aboard the 70-foot yacht named the Nina, ah. which vanished off the coast of New Zealand, are now even more adamant that U.S. officials should get involved in the search. But so far, the pleas have gone nowhere. We've got six Americans out there, and the United States has only lifted a finger to say they're not involved, said Ricky White, whose 19-year-old daughter, Danielle, was on the ship. See. It's a nightmare, and the most difficult part of this nightmare, why does the government not want to participate? That baffles my mind. Right told the Daily News. Initially, the Nina lost. Uh, initially, with the Nina lost about 370 nautical miles west of New Zealand, that country sent out a plane to comb the Tasman Sea. There are seven people on board the 85-year-old mahogany schooner, once the flagship of the New York Yacht Club. Six uh, names, seventh crew member. Uh, the ship had set sail from New Zealand on May 29th and was headed for Australia. The last contact from the Nina came June 4th as a strong storm pummeled the sea. A New, Eng uh, New England meteorologist said he received a text message from Nemeth asking for steering guidance. Text message. You're sending a text message. Is that unbelievable? Yeah. No more SOS. But the ship never activated its emergency locator beacon, and authorities weren't alerted until 10 days later that something was wrong. The satellite images were taken a month ago, and the family hopes to use them to get a firmer grasp on where the Nina could now be in hopes it will spur New Zealand, Australia, and the United States to take action. What year was that? Two 2013. I'm guessing they didn't. <laughs> I'm guessing they didn't. Hmm. Yep. So when uh, Filipino fishermen boarded a seemingly abandoned yacht in 2016, they weren't prepared for what they found. They found the mummified body of a German sailor, oh. Manfred Fritz Bolgerat, who had been sailing around the world for about 20 years. He was last seen in 2009, although a friend said he had uh, heard from Bolgerat in on Facebook in 2015. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go. There was no evidence of foul play, but there was the old mummified guy. Now that would that would be freaky, wouldn't it? Uh, Imagine boarding a ship and find a mummy there. Yeah, you de uh, you're definitely gonna have to save that ship, right? Yeah, save the mummy too. <laughs> Just think of a tourist attraction that would make a mummified ghost ship. Yeah, yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh, wait a minute. Think of the paranormal investigators that would pay to go on that thing, <laughs> right? Uh, Men's Journal has an article on that in, oh, God, yeah, I'm going to show the picture of that. Oh, we got the mummy aboard? Yep. Sweet. Uh, There's the mummy. Mummy. Nobody knew how long the mummified body of the sailor had been slumped over a desk by the radio on a ghost ship and how long the boat had been drifting when fishermen discovered it 62 miles off the coast of the Philippines. Police in Barabo, a town on the eastern coast of Mindanao, Island in the Philippines had launched an investigation to determine whether the crime, whether a crime had been committed, although no foul play was evident. Now that well, the mystery, well, now the mystery has been solved, or at least most of it. The cause of I death, love that. At least most, at least of most it. of it. <laughs> the cause of death was acute myocardial infarction based on the autopsy by the regional crime lab. They did an autopsy on a mummy. Yep. Oh. Uh, according to the National Police Spokesman, Chief Superintendent Wilburn Mayer told the uh, Free Press, the France Free Press, via Breitbart News and the Daily Mail, uh, the German national is estimated to have been dead for more or less seven days. What? Seven days and he's a mummy? 
Seven days and he's a mummy. Yeah, that looks like more than seven days. Of uh, looks to me like more than seven days. Yeah. Don't you think? Looks to me like more than seven days, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see. The mummified condition of the body mystifies officials, but the Express reported that forensics experts explained that a combination of tropical heat, dry wind, and salty sea air can go. quickly preserve a mummy or a corpse. All you need is the right condition so the body does not decompose. Dr. Janet Davey, a forensic Egyptologist from the Department of Forensic Medicine <laughs> at Monash University, told the press, for a body to mummify naturally, different from ancient Egyptians who mummified bodies artificially, the conditions need to be dry with a bit of, with a bit of breeze going through. <laughs> yeah. We... It also helps when the body is in an enclosed area so insects do not attack the body. Is the middle of the ocean insect-free? Ooh, I hope so. There can't be insects out there, can they? I doubt it. <laughs> but you know, try. Mm, I don't know about that. Bora Jacks. If you're, if you're out in the in the what where where was it found? Philippines. Yeah, uh, yeah it's not dry. I guarantee you that. Badgerat's na naked corpse was found discovered in the cabin by fisherman Christopher Rivas and his companions who found the 44-year-old yacht with a broken mast and the cabin strewn with photo albums, clothes, and tins of food. It's unknown if the mast had broken before or after the captain's death. He was why naked. was he naked? He was sailing naked. Well, listen, if you're gonna sail, why not? I don't want to sail naked. I don't want to bring do anything naked. Yeah. Do you want those things? Never mind. <laughs> Just no, I do not want to. No, no, thank you. Sure, that's one of the freedoms that a boat no, allows you. No, right? and no. <laughs> I would swim naked. Yes. But would I walk around naked? No. Could slam him on something for God's sakes. <laughs> it's true. Plus, there's the whole sunscreen issue. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you, that's not a good thing. Yep. Naked and afraid. Remember those poor people. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Do you watch that show? I've watched it. Um, it's always on at the gym. So on the treadmill, I'm watching the, it with uh, no sound. Yeah. It just reminds me how stupid they can be. But that's besides the point. <laughs> uh, Steve says in, in the UK, they don't, they don't, Blotch out the digital out the uh, private parts. Oh, really? We're done? It. Yeah, we're done. How can we done? The wrong clock? It's time. Damn. All right. I guess we're done. <laughs> All right. I had some of the better ones for last. Damn. Okay. Well, we'll come back to it next week and we'll do it as opposed to what we've done in the past is not follow up, right? We've been following up every time. We've been religious I since. I know you said you were getting complaints. I was just defending us. Mm. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And uh, remember, I put some clothes on. <laughs> Especially when you're sailing. Especially when you're sailing. Yep. You don't want to be found mummified. I mean, I don't care. If I'm going to be dead, I don't care. You can find me naked if you want. I, it's not my problem. I watched the uh, the Windsors, which is a parody on the the, the royal family. Yep. And the, this, this Will becomes a helicopter pilot and, and he goes to see the guy and and the, the the sergeant there, and he says, well, "You're not tough enough." He says, "Oh, I'll show you tough." And he grabs what he thought were walnuts on his desk and crushed them in his hands. The guy says, "Those were my nuts. I lost them in Vietnam." <laughs> All right. Good night. God bless. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us 